Turn, my friends, to this chapter which we read, or parts of chapters 11 and 12. Look at chapter 12, please, and at verse 2. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. I remember when I was a, a boy, a minister's son in Dumbarton, long ago, we used to have special services for the whole week before the communion, and then we had one of our ministers preaching. Still remember Reverend Mardo Nicholson in Edinburgh at that time, preaching on this text, Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. I don't recollect one thing of what he said, but I remember being much impressed by the message. And so we will seek to see what the significance of this amazing supper and this amazing person who was there that day along with our gracious Savior at that supper. And maybe we can ask ourselves, are we inviting the Savior to sit down with us day by day? Are we anxious to keep company with Christ? There they made him a supper. What can you do? What can I do to seek to make, to persuade the Savior to abide with us? Abide with us, for the day is far spent. Let us desire him and his abiding presence with us. And to that end, we will look at Four things tonight, particularly with reference to Christ, but also relating them to Lazarus. You know, the Lazarus is the New Testament name for Eliezer. What does Eliezer mean? Eliezer means God is my help. God is my help. Could there have been a better name for this man? We'd like to have that name ourselves. Perhaps there's a Lazarus here tonight. One who can say, God is my help because of the remarkable grace of God in your life experience. So it was for this Lazarus. And there he was at the table. And so we can compare these two tonight. My first point is this, a resurrection man. We can apply that to them both. A resurrection man. 
here are two men sitting at that table. The one was a resurrection man. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believest thou this? He that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The resurrection man. But of course, Lazarus also was the resurrection man. He was a man like none other in that company or anywhere else. A man who had been dead, but now he was alive, resurrected by the Savior. What a feast and what a company that was that night as they made him a supper. Look at this. These two men represented this. They were between two deaths. They were between two deaths. says in verse 4 of chapter 11, Then Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. He's not saying here that there's not going to be death, but he said there's a higher and greater purpose. Death is not the end of the story. This death is only a means to an end. And so this death that Lazarus died was for the glory of God. How much more was that other death? The death of that other man who was at the table. That one who had to die that we might live. It reads, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how we prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. And they planned his death, didn't they? They planned his death. But what a death that was. It's a life-giving death. And how much glorifying it was to God. As the commentator John here says, yes, he must die, not only for uh, his people there, but for many the children of God that were scattered abroad. Yes, he was on his way to that death to pay the price for you here this evening. That's the other death. That is the great atoning death of the Prince of Life. Here we have them. He was going to die, but he was also going to rise. And so they were sitting at this feast. And it was a feast of two resurrections. Chapter 
just as we read, as they came to the grave, Jesus called, Lazarus, come forth. Remember how Mary had been discussing with Jesus earlier on? And Jesus had said, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said to him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God that should come into the world. I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Two resurrections are mentioned. Yes, the resurrection, eh, that coming to life again of Lazarus, which was only symbolic. It was only a representation of the final great resurrection. That mighty resurrection which is mentioned in Matthew chapter 28. It begins, of course, with the Lord Jesus himself, but we will all be there, won't we? Do we think very often? How often do we think? That day when we shall be brought alive from the grave at the resurrection of the just, and all because... As it says in Matthew, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And the angel said, fear not, for you know, I know that you seek Jesus. He is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So that's that supper where Jesus was sitting side by side at that table with Lazarus. There were two men, one resurrected back to this life, but the other, the first fruits of them that sleep, who would be raised again, incorruptible at the last. Two resurrections were represented at that table. What a feast it was. And also this is between two deaths, between two resurrections. But it's also this is before two judgments. This feast is also a reminder that there was a judgment to come. And as they sit there for that Evening, gathering around them were these dark clouds, these dark clouds of ominous conspiracy to betray the Son of Man. In fact, Judas himself was present at that feast, the very one who would bring about the seizure of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> And so it was a prelude of judgment. Jesus himself was about to be judged. Despite the blessings of that evening, he could, could not but think 
of the judgment that was to come. Chapter 19, verse 13. Then Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down on the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. Yes, it was. A small patch of light before the darkness of that mockery of a judgment came to pass. But there were two judgments here. For we know that another judgment before which we will all appear is soon coming. Lazarus will be there. Christ will be there. When we visited Cyprus a year or two woke ago, we went to Larnaca, and we were told about the church of Lazarus. And we went along to visit that church. And they showed us the grave. They said, this is the grave of Lazarus. And so it appears that after the resurrection and Pentecost, that Lazarus and perhaps Mary and Martha escaped during the persecutions to Cyprus. And so that Lazarus that was raised at Bethany was put to rest again. He had to die a second time. But of course, he went to that death with a glorious promise of the resurrection. And after that resurrection, what? The judgment. Turn to Matthew 25, and there we read. We read that uh, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he shall gather together all the nations, and he shall separate them the one from another as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. They judged Christ with that mockery of their judgment. But there's another judgment. For it is appointed unto men once to die, and after death, the judgment, the resurrection man. There's also this about this feast, friends, and about these two sitting at that table. We can talk about a wanted man or wanted men. They were being hunted and sought after by evil men. What was Jesus doing there? He had been warned by the disciples not to go. The Jews seek after you to stone you. What brought him? It was love. It said, it says, now Jesus loved Lazarus. And Mary and Martha, love brought him to that place and placed him in harm's way within easy reach of his persecutors. And then we read that he went off and sought peace and quiet in Ephraim. But 
Six days before the Passover, Jesus returned to Bethany, where Lazarus, which was, had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, was. There they made him a supper. Why was he there, this wanted man? It was, he came back again, not to raise the dead, but to offer his life as a sacrifice. Before the supper, this supper happened just before he went into Jerusalem to suffer for us. A wanted man. Not only was Jesus wanted, but Lazarus also. They wanted him because he was a threat to their authority. They thought that if Lazarus was exhibited as evidence of the supernatural divine power of Christ, then they must get rid of him. Those who are enemies of Christ, we also they are enemies also of us, a wanted man. But notice this, friends, also in the third place, there is a heavenly man. A heavenly man. Here at this feast, sitting among these ordinary people, was this Lord from heaven. And look at the company that he delighted in. Of course, there was the brother feasting with him. You wonder what they spoke about. What was that conversation? Well, I just want you to imagine that you were there. If you were a Lazarus, if you were sitting there at the table with Christ, what would your conversation be? Would you be it? Would it be about the resurre resurrection? Would it be about that supper in the kingdom of God? In Luke 14, it says, Blessed are they that eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. Our friends, this little supper in Bethany was a kind of oasis of heaven. It was like a foretaste of that supper when they would all be gathered at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so his brother Lazarus was there. And we read that Martha served. That was her special gift, wasn't it? But doesn't that remind us of that wonderful verse in Revelation where it says, his servants shall serve him. When we get to that great supper of the Lamb, there will be service for us to do. And what a joy it will be to serve our master <clears throat> and to join him at that table. As well as a brother and a servant, there will be his daughters. For we read that at that supper, Mary brought a pound of ointment 
and anointed the feet of Jesus. So here was a worshiper. Here was her act of worship and devotion to Christ. You know what it says in Psalm 45, eh, how the daughters of the king, all glorious, are within and with embroideries of gold. They come unto the king, a heavenly man. And lastly, friends, I want to mention him, describe Jesus as a wayfaring man. A wayfaring man. He is a resurrection man. He is a wanted man. He is a heavenly man. Ah, friends, he is also, and how true this is, he is a wayfaring man. It's Jeremiah that brings this before our notice in chapter 14, <clears throat> where he mourns the lack of God's presence. And he says there in verse 8, Oh, the hope of Israel, the saviour thereof in time of trouble, why shouldest thou be as a stranger in the land and as a wafering man that turneth aside to tarry for a night? Here was the saviour, the divine son, turning aside to tarry for a night. What a blessed night it was, but how short it seemed for those devoted to him. And isn't that the case with us, friends? It may be that you sense that the Savior is here with us tonight. It may be that the Lord is making himself known to you, and you feel that you are being fed and nourished by him. But friends, do not despise even these short times of his living, blessed presence. Just look at these three things about his tarrying and supping in Bethany. We can, uh, our divines tell us that Simon, the Pharisee, also lived in Bethany. And it was at that previous supper that Simon made that Mary, who had been living in sin, came the first time and wept over Jesus' feet and anointed his feet with spikenard. And you remember what was the outcome of that supper? Simon was taught a solemn and vital lesson. He was taught those who are forgiven much, love much. He was taught a lesson in love. Is this not what Christ is saying to you tonight, friend? He's saying, how great is your love? Can you make a supper? Could you make a place for Christ that he may minister to you and you ministered him. I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. There Simon was taught a lesson. And this is where Martha 
was also taught a lesson or learned to listen. Remember, Martha, thou art troubled, careful and troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen the best part, which shall not be taken from her. This is what this wavering man oft times has to tell us, is it not? He has to say, come, sit at my feet, listen. I have something to say that you need to know. And this wavering man also comes in this way. We read that in Luke 24, that he was found again. This wavering man was found again at Bethany. What is he visiting? Why is he visiting on this occasion as he passes through this world? We read verse 50. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. It came to pass. Why did he bless them? He was parted from them carried up into heaven. Bethany was a place of meeting. It was a place of resurrection. It was a place of supper, of supping with Christ. It was a place of parting with him because they were given that vision and experience of him rising up into heaven, carried up into heaven. Friends, as we close our service this evening, have you made a place for Christ? Have you found him to be the resurrection of your soul? I am the resurrection of the life. Have you found that heavenly man ready to sit down with you as you open the scriptures? And as you seek to serve him, are you waiting? Are you at that Bethany where you're like these disciples, gazing up into heaven? Will you hear the angels say, <coughs> he shall return as you have seen him go? Are you waiting for that day? Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we do bless thee this night for that supper and that gospel supper at which we can join with Lazarus and Mary and Martha and sit down with the blessed Savior. We thank thee for each time that we meet here and open the word and our Savior draws near and goes with us and breaks to us the bread of life. May this be a week in which we make a place for him so that he will come and sit down with us. Teach us the lessons that we need to learn and reveal himself to us in the breaking of bread so that we may keep company with that wayfaring man as he leads us from time to eternity. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.